Welcome, guys and gals, to the Man Talk Show. I am Connor Beaton, the host, and today we're going to talk about the five keys to cultivating better self-discipline. Now, this is a huge topic, and I hear a lot of guys really struggling to develop this skill. And this is something that I personally have just battled for a long time, but there are five things that have fundamentally helped me, and there is one major shift that has helped me, and that's redefining my perspective and my definition of what self-discipline actually is. Uh, but first, I want to share one of the one of the main myths and one of the main challenges that people often face. So first and foremost, whenever we feel like we're lacking discipline in a certain area of our life, whether it's our health or our fitness, maybe it's in our business or in our relationship, we often seek out help and support. And so we will hire a coach or we'll hire a trainer or we'll join a business mastermind or whatever the, whatever the case may be. And we enter into those spaces and into those agreements because we want accountability. We want somebody who is better and more proficient at that to support us in our journey and help us develop a deeper sense uh, of self-discipline in the hopes that they have already done that. Now, this is great. And there's nothing wrong with that, because if we want to go, you know, if our self-accountability or our self-discipline is at like a 0.5 on a scale of 1 to 10, then we probably want somebody to help us move the needle. Now, at a certain point, any trainer, any coach, any mastermind, any group that you're in, you want to enter into it with the mindset that that teacher, trainer, coach is there to train themselves out of your life. I'm going to say that again. That trainer, coach, teacher, whoever it is, is there to train themselves out of your life. That is actually their job. And if they're doing their job right, whether it's a month down the road, a year, or 10 years, you will have outgrown them. Even spiritual teachers, uh, if, if that's what you're looking for discipline in. And so we need to recognize that at some point, we are actually getting accountability from them, and we are developing this skill in our life that will allow us to step into the role where we have uh, effectively developed enough proficiency in this area of our life that other people would want to come to us for support and guidance and tutelage. So that's kind of the, the goal of where we want to go from to where we want to go to when it comes to a sense of cultivating self-discipline. Now, the reframe. This is a big thing. For a long time, I had a very negative perception of discipline, and I hated it. I actually thought that it infringed on my freedoms and I didn't want anything to do with discipline. I thought that waking up at the same time every morning, even though research has shown uh, that having huge gaps in variability in the times that you wake up is one of the most, uh, one of the, one of the leading causes of depression. So if you wake up at six o'clock one morning and then, you know, noon the next day and you go back and forth in these big swings of when you go to bed and when you wake up in the morning, it can cause a lot of stress on your body and your brain. Even though I already knew that, I was still resistant to having consistent wake-up times because I didn't want life or whoever, science, to tell me what to do. And so I bucked against that. But the reality is, is that I was actually not afraid of discipline, but I had a negative de definition of what discipline was. Now, think about the first times that you heard the word discipline. Who was it from? It was from your parents. And your parents were probably disciplining you for doing something wrong. And so discipline for almost every single one of us actually means punishment. It doesn't mean that we are going to hold ourselves accountable and produce great results in the world. What it means is that we've done something wrong and we need to be punished for it. And so that's when, and that's why, 
oftentimes when we're trying to develop and cultivate a deeper sense of discipline in when we get up or our health or fitness, relationships, business, money, whatever it is, we are so resistant to it because we in our body, in our brains, in our emotional body feel like it is a threat. We feel like we've done something wrong and we're going to be punished for it. So we need to shift our def definition of what self-discipline is from punishment to training. You see, discipline is just training. It's training us on how to be better, how to be more effective, how to be more efficient, how to get the results that we're actually looking for in our life. And this takes work and it does take support. And so that's why the analogy before is so apt and so important. When we can find trainers and coaches in our lives to help support us and train themselves out of our lives so that we can start to take over and step in, it's one of the most effective things that we can do. And I always tell clients that I work with, uh, when we work together, my goal is to train myself out of your life. I don't want to work with you for two decades. I want to train myself out of your life. So let's talk about the five keys of developing self-discipline. The first thing that we need to know is that we need to start to get in touch with our triggers. Now, a trigger is anything that you will experience when you are in certain states. They're, they're triggers that will cause us to collapse on our own internal strength, on our own internal sense of self-discipline. So a really easy way to know where your triggers might reside is something that's used in the therapeutic world, something that I use with a lot of my clients. It's something that's used in counseling and therapy and psychology, and it's the acronym HALT. Hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. So whenever you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, you are far more susceptible to collapsing in on your sense of self-discipline. That's when you text the ex that you shouldn't text. That's when you eat the entire bag of Doritos that's been sitting in your cupboard for a few days. That's when you, you know, do some like really random things that you shouldn't be doing. In fact, I actually had a guy and I thought that this was really applicable for this video. I had a client of mine and we were talking about how he distracts himself, which we're going to get to here in a moment, how he distracts himself. And he said, you know, the interesting thing is whenever I am feeling really upset and angry or emotional or I'm really lonely, I actually turn towards pornography. And he said, oftentimes I'm not even, I'm not even horny. It's not something that I'm like, wanting, you know, I'm not feeling like I'm in an intimate space or in an erotic space. I actually just am bored or I'm just feeling alone or I'm just feeling so angry and upset and I just don't want to deal with it, that that's my way to get some form of distraction and release and relief. And so we need to be able to notice what states we're in and what triggers actually cause us to do that. So hungry, angry, angry, lonely and tired, notice which one is your default mechanism. Maybe you have one. Maybe you push your boundaries really far and you don't eat for hours at a time and you become hangry, the combination of the two. Uh, so start to notice that. Secondly, avoid the temptations. If you know that you're one of those people that is going to absolutely smash a bag of Miss Vicky's chips when you are hungry, don't have five bags in the cupboard at home when you're trying to lose 20 pounds. I know it seems ironic and just like so ludicrously simple, but it is. Don't buy the chips. Don't bring them home. Avoid the temptations that you would normally default to in those moments of hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Put the blocker on the website. Delete the Tinder app that you would normally go through when you're feeling lonely. 
start to push some of those temptations out little by little and integrate, reintegrate healthier temptations. So if you're trying to lose weight and your temptation is a chocolate bar, keep some fruits and vegetables at home that you would prefer to have. Thirdly, start to identify your vices. What do you normally turn to? This is a really important part and it goes along with the temptation. So what do you normally turn turn to? Do you normally turn towards uh, pornography for distraction? Do you normally turn towards unhealthy eating or you know, serial dating? Like, What is the thing that when you are tempted, that's the vice that you always go to and start to implement better vices. Because whenever we get rid of a vice, we don't really get rid of it. Our mind usually latches on to something else. So that's why a lot of people replace things like smoking with gum. It gives their body and their brain something very physical to do because most smokers are smoking because of the act of smoking is embedded as a habit or a ritual in their body. And it allows them to feel calm and grounded and centered in that moment. So start to notice what your vices are and shift those vices to something that's a little bit more manageable, that helps you feel self-discipline and that allows you to feel healthy in your vices. Now, last but not least, this is a big one. Self-discipline doesn't always feel good. I know it's a shock and I know it's hard to hear because we're taught and told in this in this uh, age of self-development and self-help that everything should be good, everything should be rainbows and sunshine all the time. But let me tell you, when you want to get up at five o'clock in the morning for the very first time, and you're used to waking up at 8 a.m., it's going to be unfreaking pleasant and you're not going to like it. And so we need to be conscious and honest with ourselves that some of the things that we're going to do along the path of disciplining, aka training ourselves to be more effective and to cultivate that sense of self-discipline are not going to be fun. Now. This is the thing is that there are a few stages to actually learning. So from a, from a neurological standpoint, there are actually four stages of how we learn. And before I just set that up, what I want you to know is that there is a very specific part of our brain that helps us develop self discipline. So in the very back, the old part of our brain, there's something called the basal ganglia. Now the basal ganglia is actually responsible for us uh, creating proper habits and proper patterns. So this is where unconscious patterns actually happen. Things like walking and breathing. And, you know, eventually when you become proficient at driving your car, that is the part of your brain that's actually controlling it. But in the very beginning, when you suck at it, when you're not very good at it, it's in the prefrontal cortex. Now, the prefrontal cortex is where consciousness is said to reside. And so we're very aware that it's challenging, that it's confronting, and it's not automatic. And so we're very conscious to the fact that it might be uncomfortable and and not functioning and flowing properly. And so what we want to do is actually move through the four stages. So the first stage of learning is unconscious incompetence. And what this means is that we suck at something and we don't know that we suck at something. And we just stays in that area. And then we start to realize eventually one day it pops into our head like, oh, I want to get proficient at this. Like driving, for example. There's a period of time where you don't know that you suck at driving because you've never driven and you've never even really thought about driving. And then all of a sudden you have the thought one day of, oh, you know what? I should drive. And it moves into a state of conscious incompetence. Now you are consciously knowing that you suck at that thing. (laughs) And so it moves into this phase of like, okay, I want to do this. 
but I'm not good at it. Now, for a lot of us, when we start developing self-discipline, this is the space where we get stuck. We get stuck in this space of knowing that we were working on something that we're not good at it and we get really frustrated. So this is the big area of growth. This is where the parts that I talked about before are incredibly important with helping us move through this, through this space. After this space comes conscious competence where it starts to move in this space where we feel good. We feel like our discipline is being cultivated. We're waking up at the time we're setting, we're going to wake up. We are avoiding uh, our temptations. We have moved our vices. You know, we know what our triggers are and we are pushing through. We have the support network that we need, the accountability. We've got a great coach and a great trainer and they're helping us to make progress. And the last stage is unconscious competence. Now, this means that you get so good at it that you don't even have to think about it. And you probably hear a lot of people say, not a lot of people, but maybe some people say, oh, you know what? My body just wakes me up at 6 a.m. because that's what I've always done. It's just moved into this space of unconscious competence where that's just the time that their body wakes them up in the morning because it had become an integrated part. That discipline is so entrenched in their being, neurologically, physiologically, and emotionally, spiritually, whatever you want to call it, It's so entrenched in their being that it becomes unconscious. They don't even have to think about it. So this is the hierarchy that we want to move through. And it takes a lot to move through that first major barrier. It it can take a lot to move through the conscious incompetence into conscious competence. So these main tools that I gave you today, they're going to help you uh, start with one. Maybe Maybe you just start to notice what your triggers are and uh, you notice what your vices are, and you start to shift accordingly. Whatever it is, I hope that this serves you today. Please subscribe, click the subscribe button. Don't forget to man it forward and share this with one person who has been struggling to develop better self-discipline because uh, I think that it will help them. I hope that it helps them. Uh, and until next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off. Join me next week for another short episode. Don't forget, we are on Spotify, we're on iTunes, we're on YouTube. And if you wanna see this live, head on over to YouTube. If you just wanna listen to it, check us out on one of those platforms. Until next week, Connor Beaton, signing off.